Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. We will be chatting about movies that we are going to screen from March 19th to 25th mm. with an asterisk Uh-oh. because hot off the presses. Oh, no. Moments before we started recording this, I got a text from both my wife and from Lee. Hmm. Our head programmer. Your work wife. My work wife, <laughs> yes. That we might be going back into the red zone. Oh, why are you doing this? I don't even know this. He says that hot off the press, like literally he hasn't told me No, either. yeah, this is the like, first I'm hearing. I was in the box office closing my laptop in there to come into the office oh, office God. to set up our microphones. And on Facebook, Gwen said something. And I was like, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and then Lee, two seconds later, texted. It's funny, Melissa, who's working candy bar for us today, she said, oh, I thought we were doing well. And I was like, I think we were, but then dummies got cocky and we're like, yeah, let's have parties and do things. And any semblance of good news, I think people get overexcited. And it's just like, no, no, it's good news, but we still got to do all the things. And then a couple months from now, it might get better. Yeah, or it might not, I guess. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, at this point, <laughs> genuinely, I'm, I'm a very positive kind of person and when this happens there's two ways you can go you could hit the floor in a fetal position and be worried about the future of the business or you could just go well here we go again let's do what we can yeah i mean it's not like the building's gonna end up like the barley mow next door which is oh my God. nothing at all but you know we're still gonna be fine but <laughs> yeah it's just that's really upsetting news i thought that was gonna be the big news i'll be like oh man they mashed the building next door it's not even there anymore but the big news is that we're maybe back into the red zone again red zone. like always it's crazy how fast buildings go down when they go down. I was here yesterday and that building was still there. Yeah. And then today, so last night at 11 p.m. biking by, there was a restaurant there. Today, exactly. biking not by one that you want to eat at, but at like... 2 p.m., no restaurant there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Like, it's got to be pretty loud, I would have thought, but... Well, and there's a house right beside yeah. there literally like and they're gonna be digging for an underground parking lot right oh, that's man. gonna knock the dishes off their shelves yeah and it's funny too because like we always talk about how that's such an expensive street well this whole neighborhood everything around yeah. us is expensive but we often sort of joke about it. euclid i guess it is and we always joke about that where we're like oh man those are nice i was gonna say two million i don't know three who even knows yeah. some of those homes but now when you get a situation like this you're like well i'm glad i'm not sitting there like i'm not <laughs> living next to that horrible sound yeah, a friend of mine lived in Centertown, and there was a condo going up within half a block of him. And he said, genuinely, it was like, I forget what the rules are, but it's early enough. Like, it was 7 o'clock in one second, or maybe 8 o'clock. Those big chunk, chunk oh, yeah. drills go down, because they were building basements and underground parking. And he said, no exaggeration, cat scared to death, stuff falling off shelves, mm-hmm. TV being interfered with, everything, because it's just hours of that drilling into the ground of going from, I don't know how many levels down, a couple at least. So that's going to happen next door. Yeah, that's going to be, oh God, I hope that doesn't impact the thing, the elephant in the room, the elephant in the movie theater. I hope that doesn't impact the sound of the movie. No, I think it'll be okay. We're going to blink and there's going to be a, what, four-story condo beside us? Yeah, I was going to say skyscraper, but like, no. I know it's not that bad. But. Can you imagine if it was a skyscraper? Because <laughs> if you're in Ottawa, over in Little Italy, a genuine 
giant skyscraper got stuck there. It's the biggest thing here. If you're walking, driving, biking, you can just see it Mm -hmm. up there. I don't think people are in it yet, but imagine if it was one of those, if they were like, we're putting a 50-story building beside you. It's too much. I can't deal with those. I've I've also never been a high-rise person in general. As a kid, I remember my grandma lived in one, and I loved that because of the elevator. As a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, elevator. But I don't know. I just, I prefer, like, we've been lucky enough to have pretty fun apartments or houses over the years that we're able to, like, make our own, and they're kind of unique. But I've always just found, like, we've looked at places before, and the space is nice, but I'm like, I can't do it. It's so, you're just jamming hundreds of people into this box basically and it's just like there's no individuality to it ages ago i went to look at an apartment in the bell street apartment Mm. building which since then has been for better or for worse spruced up and is now very expensive i think (laughs) but it was just this i was looking at an apartment on one end and I swear it was like a two block long hallway just with dozens and dozens of doors. I was like, wow, that's a lot of neighbors. That's a lot of people mm-hmm. shoved into these little cube apartments up and down this aisle. Yeah. And that was very unappealing to me. My best friend's parents had a thing like that in Mississauga. It was well, I don't know if I want to say it was worse, but I mean, it was mainly families. So it's not like it's just like a couple or a single person. It's like almost every single one was families, which is great, but it just means it's much louder and much more, you know, like cooking smells and just way more garbage and stuff like that. Like out the recycling, like it was just, you know, it could be worse, but it's one of those things where I I really appreciated only living in two, three floor walk-ups or like single floor, whatever, you know, it's, it's really like something you don't think about until you're in this situation you're like, wow, there's a lot of people in this one area. I caught an ad for not a lotto but one of those contests where you could like win a home or win cars one of those it's for a good cause you know it's for like cancer research or Mm -hmm. something like that and the grand prize was a luxury penthouse toronto apartment or condo i think the catch is you get the condo but then are you still paying $2,000 a month in condo fees? You must be. I don't see why you wouldn't be. So that's the catch. It's like, hey, you want a thing, yeah. but it's more expensive than the rent you're paying right now. Yeah. Like, I think almost all the stuff with things like that, I just would sell it for the most part. Like, even because, I mean, usually it's like uh, a cottage or something. They have some real fancy cottage and it's worth, well, I don't know, $2 million. And it'd be awesome. But I'm, I feel so uncomfortable owning that. I'd be like, not only the taxes, but just I'm like, am I really using this enough to justify having this in? Instead of having $2 million, you know? Another Josh, Targ Josh, if I'm getting this right, I know he was on The Price is Right. Okay. And he won a couple things. Nothing humongous, but he won, it was like a washer dryer or something (laughs) like that. But you're like, I'm a tourist. I'm visiting LA from Ottawa. They know, they know most people aren't going to want the thing. So I think you either get like a voucher to like go into the bay and get one, Hmm. or they just write it off. This is worth... $600 American, here's a check. Yeah. So I think many times in those kind of contests, you aren't walking away with the thing. They're just like, do you really want to bring this physical boat home? No? Okay, here's a check. (laughs) Yeah, and they probably keep costs down on that as well because, I mean, for the most part, they're getting these donated or whatever you know so it's it's almost better for them to not have people take the thing they're like we only had one that's the floor model prize we can't just give that away it's the bart elephant conundrum yeah it's like don't you just want this check like that's what everybody wants so let's mention while it's on the brain the well, movies, we have movies for the, the movies moment coming up and then if you're listening to this in a timely manner and the news has hit that we are indeed closed by march 19th 2021 These movies will likely just be, hopefully, 
two weeks away. Mm. Let's be as positive as possible and say won't be a month away or two months away, but these will be the movies that just sit on the shelf for a little while and then we screen them again. We're going to be like, oh, brother, where everything's two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're the nexus of the universe. So it's funny. I did have, I've done so many little interviews. I, it's a blur of who they're with. I think the one today was just with a student for like a <laughs> university paper. You were able to lower yourself to that. Yeah. You're like, oh, I was I was on an L.A. thing and a news thing. I don't get thing. out of bed for anything less yeah. than a fully professional cross-country news media You're outlet like, you're a graduate student at least yeah. is, it, is it like it's got to be like a higher is this a phd related interview yeah. but they asked if kind of the usual question of like oh, are you going to run out of movies and it's like no because it's just logical right like when covid happened a whole bunch of movies were either almost done or about to go into editing or about to go into special effects or whatever so being back we haven't run out and mm-hmm. like we've been juggling a couple of new movies and a couple of old movies every week and that will continue so the new movies this week are mrs lowry and son which mm. is a biographical movie about a famous painter and his like many famous painters his horrible life ah, <laughs> and, and not about kyle lowry of the toronto raptors you've assured no. me but i think we might be able to trick a few people into coming in and it's like well you, you got the ticket i'm maybe sorry maybe it's about his great great uncle or yeah, something they could be related could i'm be. going with the fact that they are related two lowry's are more related than two people who aren't lowry's that's, right that's Isn't that how it works I, i'm pretty sure that's confirmed so that's our new drama this week and then a really excellent looking documentary called stray which is about evidently in turkey there's good news bad news the good news you don't want to be having puppies in the pound being put down that's so sad (laughs) that's the worst thing in the world yeah nobody wants that so in turkey there's none of those rules that many places have so there's tons of dogs and they're just around the way that ottawa has pigeons or squirrels so they're all over the place they're kind of taken care of but there's endless amounts of them so this is a movie about one of those dogs it's one of those kind of documentaries little in the way of dialogue and it's just and i think a really bare bones documentary i believe it was the filmmaker by herself essentially with a digital camera following around a dog for six months they should have just gopro'd it on the collar you yeah know? and they're just like <laughs> the dog directed it too this is pretty good the trailer alone it looks like if you don't get choked up at this movie you should check some stuff out you should maybe go see a psychiatrist mm. make sure you you aren't a uh, sociopath yeah what if a dog has wronged me in some way though and i have a thing against dogs this will turn you around but, yeah and it wasn't this stray that it, you know this hypothetical <laughs> dog yeah yeah and it's funny that would have been probably like a bring your doggy event if <laughs> yeah. it was the old days and now we're, we're struggling to stay open <laughs> with the, the red yeah. zone thing anyways and then we have two classic films in the terms of 80s 90s which i guess counts as classic nowadays oh god it's like classic rock, right? Somebody told me classic rock is 25 years. Someone so. said they heard some 41 on a classic rock station. Whoa. And I was like, I'm just going to jump off this cliff over <laughs> here. We're done here with life. But it makes sense, right? Because like when we were kids, say like the 80s or 90s, mm-hmm. the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or the Stones were, I think, on the classic rock channels. Yeah. And that's about that time. That's about that gap. I, th- I feel like April Wine was always on the classic rock. Even, <laughs> even in the 80s, they just knew, you know? Like those actors who were always old. Yeah, that's basically either the sam uh not sam phillips you know the other sam that we like with the sam mustache Elliott. yeah that's the one sam phillips what <laughs> i didn't know who's sam phillips i don't know <laughs> some guy uh so our two older films this week our two cool retro films are david lynch's wild at heart 
Classic cage. Classic cage. You almost didn't mention the cage. Always mention the cage. The House of Cage makes a return. And this is, what era is this? This is right around, I mean, this is before he became an action movie star. Yeah, and I think it's before Raising Arizona, like right before or right after? Right after, I think. I think it was still when he was a weirdo before he inexplicably, like really inexplicably became the biggest action movie star in the world for a couple years. And then kind of went back to drama and then became the cage we know and love today mm-hmm. who just works like crazy and has a lot of cool stuff. And never. St- By the way, I, I quickly looked up Sam Phillips just because I thought that name sounded familiar. There <laughs> yeah. are two. There is a female Sam Phillips who was in Die Hard with a Vengeance okay. and Sam Phillips from The Crown, which is probably why it's in my head. Oh. People are always talking about The Crown. I've never seen it, but I'm like... Gwen watches The Crown. There you go. She loves Sam Phillips, probably. probably. Yeah. She probably knows who Sam Phillips is. Yeah, there we go. Moving on. Wild Heart is a David Lynch classic. It's Cage being Cage. It's a big, epic, weird love story. Yeah, it is super weird. Even, well, even for Cage, I was going to say. But I mean, even for, not even for Lynch, because you expect that, I guess. And then Heavy Metal is not only a Canadian classic, but it's an Ottawa classic, because one of the segments within the anthology, or sorry, two of the segments in the anthology, I have confirmed reports from animation professionals and from Lee, who knows everybody in Ottawa, that it was partially produced here in town. So that's kind of cool that there's somebody in town who probably has a bunch of animation cells and line art in their basement from this production. And we confirmed that the best segment was made in Ottawa, the B-52 or B, I don't know, someone cried B-17. Someone got mad at you. It it was me. I was involved, but I was like, he started it. He said B-52. It's an airplane movie. Yeah, for me, like I always thought that was the best segment and to know that it's made in Ottawa was pretty cool. Like I still remember buying that on VHS. That's not really that big of an achievement, but when I was in my late, mid to late teens, I guess. And I just remember it had a cool, almost holographic cover and it was I animation. That. Yeah. yeah, like, and I didn't really know much about it other than that I was like, oh, it's 18A, I think, at the time. And it looked intriguing. And you're like, oh, it's like comic books, you know, you're like, oh, the shiny cover. And, so, and I remember buying it and I was just being like, in the first 10 minutes, even, you're just like, what? Like, should yeah. I, I shouldn't be watching this. And it's distinctly Canadian because it's produced by Ivan Reitman. It's got John Candy, Eugene Levy, Harold Ramis, Joe Flaherty, Mm. and others too. But it's got a number of Canadian actors in it. And it's before Ivan Reitman did Ghostbusters and other Mm -hmm. big things like that. I remember Heavy Metal, it was classified as a magazine, but the comic books in Heavy Metal is really that, ooh, forbidden. You know, It was (laughs) on the top shelf. Like when I was growing up with the adult magazines, it straight up was. And I I never actually read it, but I remember the covers were so cool. Like it was like Frank Vizetta stuff or type stuff, you know, like this cool fantasy. Legends working on it, like Richard Corbin and Mobius. And a number of pull quotes I slapped on the website for this are like, yeah, this movie, despite being a kind of a flop cult classic, was hugely influential in movies. And you can see it in whether it's Total Recall Mm -hmm. or Blade Runner. Even like Fifth Element, that first story with with the, the cab driver. Yeah, that is true. That Yeah, Fifth Element is a super heavy metal type story mm-hmm. because Mobius worked on it as well. So like kind of the designs of the buildings yeah. and the cars and, and that it's got a gorgeous action female lead in mm-hmm. it. And yeah, that is very much a heavy metal kind of story. Just way less gory, yeah. <laughs> basically. It's one of those movies that if you watch when you're 13, it's awesome mm-hmm. because it feels like you're doing something grown up, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it just gave me those weird vibes, the the like, not Felix the cat, the dirty cat, you know, the gross cat, Fritz the cat, that's the one. It was like, Felix the cat, good, Fritz the cat, weird feelings. So speaking of earthquakes, 
I was wondering, is Jurassic Park playing right now? Because I feel like the water uh, thing is shaking a little bit. I don't know if that's going to register on the podcast. If it is, we're sorry. We're just going to keep going. But we're hearing dinosaur, and it's walking away now, right? That's good, yeah. Weird. That got strange. I don't know what's actually playing right now, but I don't think it's a dinosaur film. No. Fairly, it's, is it We're Back, a dinosaur story? Because it's kind of sounding like it is. Weird. Columbia Pictures takes you beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before. A universe of mystery. Of sexual fantasies. A universe of terrifying evil. Heavy metal. Featuring the music of Black Sabbath, Cheap Trick, Devo, Donald Fagan, Don Felder, Grand Funk Railroad, Sammy Hagar, Journey, Nazareth, Stevie Nicks, Riggs, and Trust. Rated R. Coming soon to a theater near you. We were hearing some really weird noises, so we investigated for a second, but it might still be walking away. Yeah, we're not clear on that. Weird dinosaur sound that may have stopped, we hope. Some kaiju monster might have (laughs) just walked by. (laughs) It's weird. It's like a really low-rent Pacific Rim going on over here. Yeah. But it's more like Pacific Rim 2. If I don't even think honest. it'll register, but I don't know. If you hear some weird stomps in the background. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be 10 minutes of us being like, I wonder if it registers. <laughs> and I never yeah. did. And I'm like, what, is, what are they talking about? I was going to tie in, speaking of Wild at Heart, by the way. Yes. I, I wasn't sure that Laura Dern was in it. I thought she was, and she is. She is. And that ties in with that I watched that Smooth Talk movie that oh, Andrew yeah. recommended with a young Laura Dern, probably just a couple of years before this. And our favorite, Treat Williams. Our yes. second favorite, I should say. Our favorite being the star of Wild at Heart. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I find, and Andrew's not even here. Like, we kind of just, you know, got, uh, got some lines crossed. He didn't end up being here, but I finally watched it last night, literally, so that I could surprise Andrew. Uh, he'll still be surprised, I guess. He but, ruined uh, the surprise. Yeah, it, you know, it was good, but it was one of those movies where you're like, okay, finally conflict is happening. And you're like, wait, there's 20 minutes left. And then the movie's over, and you're like, okay, well, all right, not a whole lot happened, but good. Treat was smarmy, like you like, and. But to, yeah, I had to tie that in because I was like, oh, young Laura Dern, and she's in this other one too. Well, we got a Laura Dern fest going because she's in Blue Velvet as well. Oh, true. So we got back-to-back, hopefully, Laura Dern. <laughs> and I think all three of those are Criterion titles, actually. Probably. Like, this is where we need Andrew here, but I- I'm like fairly sure about yeah, that. Yeah, Criterion is his wheelhouse. I think he spends a lot of money on Criterion. Yeah, time and money. Releases. And also, side note, before we forget, shout out to Yafet Kato. Uh, I always think of across 110th Street because the poster's right over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I forgot about that. Yeah, like, that's the one I always think of. He's, you know, he's in all these great, great films. And I'm like, yeah, across 110th Street because it's in the office. I should take a picture of that. Yeah, I totally forgot that that was sitting right there. Yeah, great theme but, song, too. Man, he's, from a nerd point of view, I did a little tweet this morning. But it's like, he's on the crew of the Nostromo. Mm-hmm. He is a contestant on The Running Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I always forget about that. He's a Bond villain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he battled Freddy Krueger. And when he beat him real good. Like, yeah. he smashed him with a bat. Like, so, like, those four things, from our point of view, those four things, you're a legend. Yeah. But on top of that, you look at his career, it's like his IMDb is nearly 100 credits. A ton of television. One of those kind of actors who, especially, you look through, like, the 80s and 90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and just one of those he's on the a team and like just all those kind of appearances long stints on like some cop shows and stuff just Mm -hmm. just a really great working actor for so long and one of those guys who it was actors like him that made alien memorable Mm -hmm. because yafet koto and john hurt and sigourney weaver like that could have easily just been another monster movie but because those character actors in that movie were so good unlike some horror movies you didn't want them to die. No. Like a slasher movie at its worst, you're just waiting for the next kill. But every single person, including Yafet in that movie who died, it made you sad. Spoiler. Because <laughs> they were cool. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't spoiler. seen Alien. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Like the main takeaway that I got from him was that basically he didn't get offered the roles that he deserved, but he always brought it like Cage kind of and just made those roles memorable, even if they were just in a throwaway movie like Elm Street. God, six, I guess. Freddy's dead? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was six, which is, I mean, undeniably the worst one of the original run. <laughs> yeah. uh, but still, like, yeah, it's, I, I guess I, I will say, like, you do feel a lot better because you're like, oh, God, I wanted to smash him with a bat as well at the end of this movie. <laughs> like, come there, on. There's way more of an honor to being an actor like Yafet Koto, like Nick Cage, who not every single one of their films are five star criterion classic masterpieces but they bring their all mm-hmm. versus say like poor Bruce Willis, who we kick all the time <laughs> where clearly he's not bringing his all. No. Nah. And that's what I like about Michael Caine where every once in a while, Michael Caine's in a Jaws four or something like that, or mm-hmm. a killer B movie, but he's always working. Like he's always, he's not phoning it in. He's not reading off cue cards. No, nah. they easily could. I mean, come on. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice to see, you know, as we've talked before, you know, him getting something like the Dark Knight trilogy late in life, you know, or like the, like Christopher Lee with Star Wars. You know, it's really nice yeah. to see them get like a, a bow on top of a illustrious career. And it's nice. I'm sure Yafit did the kind of the convention circuit. And that must be nice. It's like where you can go to conventions and meet fans all day who think you're awesome for something that you did 40 years ago. And in the moment was a job. Yeah. I found that when I met Ernie Hudson, who was the nicest guy in the world and clearly not sticking his nose up at being at a convention, clearly appreciating the fans and still a busy actor. Cause you see the opposite, sadly, where sometimes people yeah. aren't so impressed with their genre career. Yeah. Or they just get like Shatner where you just get so high on yourself that you're still charging, you know, 500 bucks for an autograph or whatever it is, but you're also, well, I don't want to just say he's just a jerk. I've heard a lot of people that were sort of like, he's kind of dismissive and a little flippant at times when you're considering how much money you're paying to meet him and get an autograph, you know, you're just sort of like, you know, it's fine to not be like, yeah, this is the best work I ever did, but to sort of almost the fans kind of made you, you know, it's always nice when you see like your Nathan Fillion's Mm -hmm. and you you can just, google this and scroll through but who does those photo ops and clearly is not just standing there and smiling at the camera like clearly having fun (laughs) and like because you see some and it's not the person's fault but i remember seeing some and it it was a pop star i I totally can't remember who and they weren't doing anything wrong but it was a photo op at the end of the concert they're probably tired and you can just see this thread of like 30 photos and they look like the pop star might as well be a cardboard cutout. Like that Bieber cutout that they had at Shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, basically the same. Like, whereas other ones, at least, there's, like, an arm around them or a thumbs up or holding up something or, you know, yeah. like, but not that one. Like Dreyfus with Lee. Oh, that like, made me sad. I mean, that made me sad. Like slumped over. You're like, okay, we know you're a great actor. We love you. This is still a great photo. It's, it's almost a better photo in a way. Yeah. But, like, you're like, whoa, he is done with this. Because I think that 
not to disparage, but I think that is the case of an actor not wanting to be there. No, not at all. And just kind of like looking back at his life and being like, oh, why'd I end up here? Yeah, like I was in, like, are you here to get a Mr. Holland's Opus thing signed? <laughs> yeah. Like, is it always going to be Jaws? Like, <laughs> yeah. Close Encounters? Like, come on. You're like, yeah, it's always going to be Jaws. I guess we should uh, shout out the Oscars slightly. Yeah, just a bit. I mean, it's a weird situation because we're not going to be screening the Oscars this year because it's just... Oh, God. We yeah. can't. Although we've played, like, a lot of the stuff that's up. Yeah. Kind of sad to see what we've missed because there's stuff like Sound of Metal, Chicago mm-hmm. 7, No Promising Land. Woman is so good. I'm that's all stuff we would have screened and sure. kind of missed out on. I think the interesting thing this year is, once again, my biggest pet peeve is they went with... What do they do? One, two, three, four, five, six, eight best pictures. <laughs> I understand the, the reason. I understand the logic where it's all mathematical, mm-hmm. where they're like, they looked at the numbers. These eight got a certain percentage and whatever would have been ninth and tenth only got, say, like three percent each. So they got knocked out of the game. Mm-hmm. Just put them in there. Yeah. Just, like supposed to be advertising the industry. You're supposed to be trying to boost sales. There is a statistical fact that putting best picture nominee helps Mm -hmm. so just let it be 10 every year i don't understand why it can't be 10 every year yeah i'd be more upset if it was nine and not 10 i guess but like still at least eight's an even number but it's still kind of odd and some of them are kind of arbitrary like just it will have like well i noticed like another round was up for best international but also best director yeah and that's about it like it might have been up for one other thing but i was like okay and every single year since the beginning of time people get way too angry about stuff getting snubbed. Mm -hmm. So, like, there could have been two other... Like, you could have stuck another round and the five bloods in there boom yeah oh, well like, yeah delroy lindo like yeah i was kind of shocked like he, his performance was excellent and, and i know a lot of the people were upset that they split the leads for judas and black messiah yeah in that best supporting instead of putting they're like well if they're both the supporting actor who was the lead i think the only thing the only thing to be fair about that is if i got this right that's what the studio puts forward. And see, right? I'd heard that too, but supposedly the studio did put him forward for oh, best actor. Weird. And so that was the weird thing. Cause that was my response too. I was like, well, that's the studio's fault. But then I don't, I have no clue why they would have, I don't know. I'm sure there's a reasoning behind. So that, I'm not but. sure like what I heard. And this, the thing of the award shows that are funny is it's whether it's a high school thing or the Oscars, there's a giant percentage. That's a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. There's a giant percentage where people who can vote admit that they let their kids do it or they admit that they didn't see the movie but they thought well that's probably the best movie yeah that's gonna always happen or there's stuff where they'll look at best actor and they'll hedge their bets and they'll be like okay we're 95 percent sure chadwick is gonna get that best actor award because he was beloved and has right. very sadly passed away. That's kind of what I wonder about. I so was... they say, stick <laughs> everyone in the supporting actor. That's yeah. our best shot to get one. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that's something I speculated on. The thing that I sort of macabrely think about is, uh, like, I hope that movie's as good as it's supposed to be. Cause, but whenever an actor dies and then they're up, you know, they get nominated and then often win, like, yeah. you know, Roberto Benigni or, like, you know, for Joker... It's just, I mean, I'm always like, like, I hope the movie's good. Like, and it's not, right. you know, I want Chadwick to win. He should win for his whole career. But I'm also, I always wonder that in the back of my head. I'm like, did these people get nominated and then win because they died? Which sounds awful. I'm not implying that no, in this it's, case. It's, but just, it's a fair thought for sure. Yeah. And I just wonder that if it's going to be, someone's going to be like, oh, well, you know, he, he'll never win again. So I'm going to vote for him. You but know, I like, do have to say, not having seen all these movies, like there's nothing here that makes me upset. No. Say, say in leading role, it's Riz Ahmed. Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, Stephen Young. 
So the good thing is much more compared to the recent good oh, old yeah. days, much more diverse. The representation. Yeah, I wrote like Riz Ahmed is the first Muslim Best Actor nominee and Steven Yeun is the first Asian American Best Actor nominee. And then it is funny that they're like, it's great two women are yeah. two women are nominated for Best Director. But then just the statement of for the first time in 93 years, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. two women are nominated. And then I think it's only like five total that's the thing there was five before this and that, so oh, there's so six seven. and seven yeah oh, and, and so that was the thing yeah Catherine bigelow is the only one who's actually won it right and in 93 years one woman has won it's bonkers and, then, and that was yeah chloe zhao is the first woman of color to be up for best director which is again so, like cool but you're like it is yeah it's, it's <laughs> and i'm almost like i'm sure if i was anthony hopkins i'd be like oh i thank you appreciate this but I'm an old white guy. Don't give it to me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> like, just give it to Chadwick, please. Yeah. But the, and the other thing is they finally did this this year where a lot of the technical stuff in years past, there'd be three or as little as two nominations. I remember a few years ago, because it got pressed, because by bizarre coincidence, it was two Flight of the Concords guys, mm. where it was a song from Rio and it was a song from Muppets. One was sung by a Flight of the Concords guy and one was written by a Flight of the Concords guy. <laughs> but that year, there was only two nominees for Best Song. And I remember looking, and there was all kinds of other ones that could be. But again, it was the stats where it was like 40% voted for one, 40% voted for the other. So it doesn't leave enough of a mathematical chance or whatever. Yeah. But this year, visual effects, production design, makeup, sound, original song, all have five nominations. Strangely, in a world where this year there was no Marvel, Star Wars, Godzilla-type mm. movie. So some of the nominations are a bit interesting because, like, for visual effects... Greyhound, I totally forgot existed. And it's, like, the one and only Ivan, which I admit I have no idea what I that is. I never heard of it till the nominations came out. And then Mulan, which I actually thought was very good. Tenet. But, like, it's, so it's interesting that this year they finally said, five for everybody. Sure. And for makeup, it's funny because I always think makeup should be... Your Star Wars is your Planet of the Apes. Yeah. When it's like they did makeup on one person, I'm always like, that doesn't seem as difficult. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So it's like Emma and Hillbilly Elegy and Mank. And for that kind of stuff, I'm like, with no disrespect to the makeup artist, I'm always like, yeah, you didn't make any monsters. You didn't make yeah. any like sea creatures. Although Love and Monsters is up for visual effects, I think. Yes. So that, you know, you got monsters in the title. That was actually a really good movie. Like it was, uh, that was fun. You guys would like that, I think. So yeah, it's a weird year. I don't know what they're doing for hosting duties. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll, they'll do it like they did. Jeez, it wasn't the uh, Golden Globes, I guess. I was going to say Grammys, which also happened, but I don't know what they did with that. But yeah, Well, and last year, the Oscars didn't have a full host, right? Yeah. yeah so And it was kind of weird. And, and I do think it's funny. I, I should point out like how hilarious it is that, of course, Mank is up for 10 Oscars. You're like, hey, the uh, movie about old Hollywood. It's like, yeah. you think we're going to nominate that? You're that like, did not surprise me. I came to see Mank here. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, not to say it's bad or anything. No, I enjoyed but... it very much, but I, I looked over at Gwen and I was like, that's going to get nominated for everything. Yeah. That's going to get, because it's Hollywood loves Hollywood mm -hmm. and Hollywood even loves LA. And that you can see that in the non-Cronenberg crash that got nominated, mm -hmm. which in a rare bit of negativity from my <laughs> part, I think for me is one of the worst movies ever to win a bunch of Oscars ever. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, so, you know, awards are fun. They're kind of good publicity, but they don't mean anything. Nah. Like, I always like, I love Scott Pilgrim. It got zero nominations. It doesn't make me love it any less. It should have been up for soundtrack, but anyway. Yeah. That's a whole other argument. So we're going to wrap this up. 
we got a Godzilla approaching in the background again, which yeah. we hope you can't hear, but we're not sure. And we're just going to keep fingers crossed. Like I said, all signs point towards those four movies we talked about in this episode might not be playing on March 19th. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And if we are back in lockdown, we'll be back with another podcast next week in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Because that's been a fun thing for us during these weird times. And just stay tuned to our website and social media. When we have news to tell, we will tell it and just think happy thoughts about, as I've been saying lately and noticing that we're now past the year mark of lockdown part one, day one. Mm, Might be going into fourth round. (laughs) God. But we're just trying to think happy thoughts. We're clinging to existence. When we come back, we appreciate you coming to movies and we just look towards that far off future of 2022 and our 90th anniversary, and that's our kind of goal now, is doing a lot of cool stuff in 2022. Yeah, being open at all and being and playing fun stuff. We're just yeah. like, it's a week-by-week thing, but it is fun to actually... It uh, seems like the 85th was not long ago, but I guess it's been four years, so... Yeah, yeah. There we go. So all those things that we haven't been doing, like Saturday morning cartoons and the Oscars and mm. The Room and Rocky Horror and silent music with live bands oh yeah those will all be back in 2022 good stuff i'm pushing for a king kong screening because that that almost came out the year we opened so that'd be fun that'd be fun yeah we'll see okay thanks for listening everybody we hope to see you back here soon and whatever happens just stay safe and we'll see you back in the cinema for movie watching before you know it bye Man, this new sound system is intense i really think you should have put off thx yeah i don't love it we got some dancing to do. From David Lynch, the director of Twin Peaks, comes this summer's wildest love story. Newsweek calls it spectacular and funny. You got me hotter in Georgia asphalt. USA Today says it's a must-see. You really are dangerously cute, baby. And the Chicago Tribune calls it stunning. Rockin' good news. David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 17th at theaters nationwide.